0: I don't know who it was, but someone said, if you're under the age of 65, you need to be screened for anxiety. And It's like, well, duh, what's causing the anxiety? It's a crazy, it's a crazy workplace. Are you a business leader looking for strategies and tactics to help you navigate leadership and HR challenges as you scale? Each week on While We Were Working, we bring you our 35 plus years of experience doing exactly this for companies just like yours. For more game changing HR and leadership insights and to connect with us, check us out at whilewewereworking.com. Hey, what's going on? I'm your host, Joey Price. And we're joined by our awesome co-host, Summer Keytron and an amazing special guest that we'll share more about, Kayla Lebovitz, who is a great person that you want to get to know. And we're going to do that on our journey together in this episode of While We Were Working. As always, the show is your weekly space to become a better leader of your small business or small team and we're going to talk about things you might have missed while you were working, as well as energy crisis, which is something fun that we'll talk about in our consultant's corner. So let's go ahead and Kayla, let's just do intros, but you're our guest for this show. So tell the world who you are and, uh, you know, what brought you to the pod.
1: Yeah, sure. Um, so my name is Kayla Lebovitz. I am the CEO and founder of Bundle. We've almost we started a little less than five years ago. Um, we are a total well being and development platform. So we um, are providing employees um, with live one on one personalized sessions and topics like health and wellness, professional development, personal growth, team building. Like you name it, we we have it and I am super excited to be here today to talk about a lot of different things, um, but I'll, I'll stop there for now.
0: So we're super thrilled to have you on the show and even more thrilled that you are an author and- Yes,
1: I left, yes. That, I left that out of the intro. I should have added that <laughs> as well.
0: <laughs> yeah, so, so uh, audience, Kayla's an author. Uh, she wrote an awesome book that we're gonna talk about called The People Behind the People heroes of the HR world. And that's going to be our topic for this week's While We Were Working. So we'll go ahead and drop a link in the show notes for places where you can order the book if you haven't already. Uh, But Kayla, let's just start with why write this book and why now?
1: I actually started writing this book like almost two years ago, which is fascinating to me because um, it's basically a compilation of interviews from over 35 um, HR and people leaders across the world in different industries, very diverse backgrounds. And everything that people said even two years ago is even more relevant now. Um, And so I've been in the HR and people field for the past few years now. And you know, started having lots of conversations with HR and people leaders, because that's who bundle, that's our clients, that's who we sell into. And it seems like it seemed like a lot of them were, were struggling to address the same types of questions, like, how do we keep our people engaged? How do we help them connect? How do we build community as we're kind of navigating this new work situation with the onset of the pandemic, and all the trends that are resulting from that. So I just remember one day, uh, getting off a call with an HR leader and thinking, She had such amazing insights, like why weren't they being shared with other people who were trying to solve the exact same problems as her, maybe at a totally different company, but the problems were still the same because people are still people at the end of the day. And so I thought it'd be super interesting to interview all these different like trailblazers in the industry. Um, And so it became like, it was really like a project at first that I was just super passionate about. And then the insights and interviews were just so incredible that we put it into a book um and it's, it's it's pretty fascinating um they're all addressing they're all answering the same questions but have pretty different ways of looking at how to retain employees how to recruit employees um what's the future of tech with hr what's been empowering employee experiences that they've either led or been a part of um who are they inspired by and it's it's been really it, like honestly for me even i've taken a lot of the insights implemented it in my own company Um, I think like the best part about the book is that we ask every single interviewee, what is one word you would use to describe the future of work? And uh, it's been pretty fascinating to see all the different answers we get, um, depending on people's perspectives. So uh, it's been really great um, to go on this journey of this book. Um, I've found it super interesting. And I think even if you're not in the HR and people field as insights for everyone, it's really applicable to so many of the trends that are going on right now um, in terms of keeping employees well and happy and productive. That's really what inspired me to do it. I have no idea how I had time to do it. I also had two children in the past three years. So I don't know when this book happened. My only answer is that I have had no social life over the past two years between my kids and the book and work. Um, But I'm I'm so proud that we did it because I think these insights need to be out there. I think a lot of people need support, they need community, they need help, and this book really offers that. I mean, it offers like real tangible uh, solutions for people to implement at their companies, whether you're at a small, medium or large company.
0: Yeah. I was going to ask you, you kind of answered it, but, uh, just for one more, for one more time, who's, who's the book for, who should, who should grab a copy?
1: Yeah. You know, it's obviously for other HR and people and benefit and employee experience and well being and learning development leaders out there. Like everyone that really encompasses, um, like HR teams at companies. But I'd say it's honestly for even for just leaders. I think that at the end of the day, like if your people are not happy, healthy and productive, they're not going to stay there. They're not going to do their best work. So I actually think it's it's really for anyone who wants to be a leader and really transform their company, their culture, um, and really, um, really build up people within their company to become future leaders. So definitely it's targeted for like HR and people. But I think, you know, I have lots of friends that are not in this field and they've read it and they think it's interesting and they think there's, you know. Nuggets for them to incorporate in their daily um, in their daily work lives. So I think that it's really for anyone who's looking at ways to change um, and make the workforce of tomorrow better than it is now. Because we've we have a lot to do and there's a lot mm-hmm. of things that we can improve on. So I'd say it's really for anyone that's interested in change because change is is always, in my opinion, change is good. Uh, so that's that's how that's what I would say.
0: Uh, awesome, Summer. You have any thoughts or questions you want to have for for Kayla?
2: Oh, certainly, I, I do. I feel like I have so many questions. I have to like, you know, not jump out of my seat and and try to keep things organized. Um, but Kayla, I'm so curious if you, I, I don't want you to have to pick favorites of the individuals that you met with, but can you speak to maybe one or two that um, really stood out to you or maybe that you connected with the most during this process?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, so I can, I mean, there, there's many that I can think of, but um, there's two that really stand out for me. So one is uh, Jim Link, who is the CHRO of SHRM, um, which is like a leading organization in the HR field that supports HR and um, the benefits space. And his word was personalized to describe the future of work. And that really resonated with me because that when I think about the future of work, I think it has to be personalized. I think for so long, companies have really put into place very cookie cutter approaches to solving problems. And every employee is different. They have different needs, they have different like lives at home, they have different lives at work. And I think having a personalized approach and curated um, curated choices for employees is just key to the future of work. And Jim said it so much more articulately than me, but I think that personalized is really like a really important way to think about the future of work as we're building companies and incorporating our values um and then another one that stands out for me is um stephanie bishop who's the chief people officer at high marley and her was was compassionate as describing the future of work and that was really interesting for me too because i think often people just view employees as employees and not realizing that those employees have families they have personal lives whether they have kids don't have kids whether they're single married Junior in their career, senior in their career, um, they're people at the end of the day, and we have to be compassionate as we think about how, when we implement things at work, how it can affect people. So that word really resonated me with me because it's not something I would think of off the bat to describe the future of work. So those are the first two that come to mind. There's obviously a lot more, um, you know, everyone's word is interesting, but the personalized and compassionate stood out to me because I think that. If people can have a more personalized and compassionate approach to employees and their employee experience, I think that the employer-employee relationship will be much improved. Um, and then performance will be improved and everything will come from there.
2: It's really great to hear you share that because uh Joey and I were actually just talking um, on our podcast last week about uh some topics that I think have very similar themes. We were talking about not taking a one size fits all approach and Really needing to embrace the concept of a whole person instead of just an employee or just a worker. So I would say that uh, we definitely agree in in those regards. And for companies that that haven't quite embraced that, we do also think uh, that the longer they take to do it, you know, they will definitely be at a disadvantage to those companies that that really do get it and have already made those changes.
1: Yeah. I couldn't agree more. And obviously Joey, who was in my book as well, his word was agile and that's obviously a great word too, but I thought I'd obviously give a shout out to some others in the, in the book.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. No, no need to to preach to the choir here, but I I do appreciate (laughs) that, uh, that shout out of being in the book. I'd love to sort of get your origin story. I mean, you know, how did you come into the world of employee wellness and benefits and, uh, what did your journey look like along the way to, to start this company? And you told us what it was to write the book, but really start the company and, and do what you do on a day-to-day basis.
1: Yeah. So I actually started out in finance. Um, I was in sales, so very different than what I do now. Um, but I, I worked in finance um, as like the first part of my career, and I was in a very male-dominated environment. Um, I, I think we had around five women out of like 40 people on our team. And I just witnessed a lot of the women as they were becoming parents. They were um, also trying to climb the corporate ladder and they were really struggling to balance everything that was going on in their personal lives, imagine their families and children, and also climb the corporate ladder and really be the leaders they aspired to be. And it seemed very frustrating. You know, our company, I worked at very large banks, they had benefits, you know, all these amazing benefits. But none of them were personalized. None of them were tailored. Um, like women didn't even know what childcare benefits they had, and I just felt like there had to be more to support working parents. I was not a parent at the time. I just felt like things could be done better. Here I was at like very well-funded, capitalized organizations, and I just felt like they were not—they were not walking the walk and talking the talk in terms of supporting their employees. So. I applied to business school with the idea that I wanted to do something that could make like the benefit like space better, um, more personalized, um, more supportive. Um, I wanted to support working women and working parents, but I didn't exactly know how. Um, so I got into business school. I quit my job. I moved to Israel for six months um, to really get a sense of like the entrepreneurship landscape. Um, and I worked at a venture capital firm there and really learned like the ins and outs of entrepreneurship and investing. Found out I did not like the investing side, and every time I was at a table with an entrepreneur, I like wanted to be them. They were dealing with like such interesting problems and fires, and it's just there was like this adrenaline rush that I like loved. Uh, so, got to Harvard Business School, and I started working on Bundle like pretty quickly after I got there. Bundle started out as actually um, like think of like a high quality um, Uber for childcare. So. Anytime an employee had um, a childcare issue, we would send a backup childcare provider to their home so that they could be at work and focus. And so it was still an employee benefit, but it was very focused on like in-demand care. Fast forward to the pandemic, that was not going to fly because um, no one wanted strangers in their home taking care of their children when there was just a lot of unknowns with the pandemic. So we very quickly pivoted to providing um, the high-quality care we're providing in the home online. So we basically started uh, conducting live one-on-one sessions for children and for elders to support working parents and caregivers during the pandemic. And we would do one-hour sessions in just things that were fun or academics, tutoring. And we've expanded since then because what I, what I realized as we were building it was that parents were actually coming to us saying, do you have any sessions for me? Like, I see my child engaged and I, I want the same thing and I'm burnt out. I could use a break. So we actually started evolving to supporting every employee. And now we've evolved to having sessions for, again, employees that are more junior, more senior. Um, we kind of realized that well-being is a very, total well-being is a very like broad term. And there's so many ways that people recharge and take breaks and take care of themselves and refuel. And so we've expanded over time to really support every employee, whether you have kids or not. Because everyone has a personal life. Everyone is burnt out. Everyone is anxious, lonely disconnected disengaged and we want to provide resources for them so it was a bit of a natural evolution that came from like our existing customers telling us like they wanted more so it's it's fast forward to today We're a little different than how we started out but I think it's it's been a natural evolution which has been really exciting
0: I love the pivot that's one of the things about entrepreneurship is like when you hone in on the things that you know you don't want to do, it gives you so much satisfaction when you find the sweet spot to do what you want to do. And I guess that can also be said for anyone who finds that sweet spot in their career and hopefully that's also the folks on the team at Jumpstart uh, of being able to work in that sweet spot. But um I love that you you made those pivots and a lot of it had to do with the external forces of um of what we all went through um with with the pandemic and and now you found a model that works for you, and who who are your who are your customers? Is it a, a U.S. Uh, customer or the international customers? Talk to us about kind of bundle.
1: Yeah, definitely. So we're global, so we can support our like mission is to support every employee no matter where or how they work. So we are global. Um, we. We're primarily, like most of our sessions are all in English. We actually have several other languages that we can do like um, on like on request. We support employer sizes like as small as 50 employees to like 25,000 plus. So we work with employers like all over the world, all different sizes, all different industries. I think we've seen kind of like two customer segments that have been um, driven to our platform. One is kind of the more traditional companies that are trying to catch up and realizing like, we need to support employees. We need to do something better than what we the benefits we've had in place in the past. And they're really looking at like what are innovative ways to um, support our workforce. And then we have the like very advanced companies like you know in tech and biotech that are at the forefront of all these changes and are making sure that they are providing these personalized options for employees, whether it's for them to develop professionally in their career, to take care of their own well-being, um, to take care of their team's well-being. Um, So that's really how we've seen like the two customer segments. Um, And it's been interesting because it's kind of industry agnostic because I think, again, people are people at the end of the day and employees are employees and they all need to be supported. Um, So I think that's been an interesting takeaway from us over the past few years.
0: Awesome. Awesome. So if you're, you're tuning into this, the heart of bundle is in the right space. And so you need to grab Kayla's book the people behind the people heroes of the HR world, uh, cause it may invigorate your approach to HR and to people leadership. And I I won't even say may, I'll say it will. Uh, there are thirty-five different voices in there that you're gonna find something. Uh so where can people where can people grab the book?
1: Yeah. So right now it's on like Amazon, Barnes and Nobles. Um, there's a paperback version. There's a hard copy. There's an e-version for those who just want to read on their Kindle. Um, so it's, it's available. Um, I guess Amazon is like where most people are are purchasing it. Um, but uh, yeah, that's where you can find it. And I'd say, I think it's, you know, it's really also for like the C-suite. Um, it's, I think HR is becoming finally like a seat at the C-suite table. And I think for a while um, they weren't viewed that way. Why? I don't know. Um, but I think that this book will really show you why they need to be um at the executive level because they really they are like the heart of the people and they and they' on um, their pulse is on the trend. So I think that this book is also a good one to give to like your C-suite for the holidays <laughs> to show them the value of the HR and people leaders.
0: I tell you what, uh I think we're gonna we're gonna see each other in person soon. So grab a seltzer or a glass of wine. I can tell you why HR <laughs> wasn't in the C suite. Um, that's a that's a pod for another day. Um but let's go ahead and, and switch gears a bit and we'll jump into Consultants Corner. Uh this uh episode's Consultants Corner, as always, is presented with your questions, comments, and thoughts about what we're seeing in the trenches, and uh, ideas that you wanted to talk, to talk about on the show. So if you have an idea or a topic you want us to cover, you can reach out to us at hello at jumpstart-hr.com, and we will get some feedback about some of the thoughts that you have with regard to people leadership at work. Uh, this week's topic is uh, something that Kayla is, is very good at unpacking and so we want her to set it up but it's the employee energy crisis. Uh this is something that uh Kayla studies and we're seeing but but Kayla what what is the employee energy crisis? Help us set the set the context.
1: Yeah, I mean I think that you know like other there's been a lot of phrases in the media quiet quitting, great resignation, all these things and I think one of the newer um Ideas that's coming into focus is the employee energy crisis, which is when people hear energy crisis, they think burnout, anxiety, loneliness, mental health challenges. I actually think about it a lot broader. Um, just like we spoke about before, total well being, it's not just mental health, it's physical, it's, um, career, it's, uh, spiritual, it's feeling connected. So the employee energy crisis is that people are just like depleted. They, uh, they are not happy. They're not inspired, um, and because of that, they're not performing. And I think, well, again, a lot of people have said it's it's burnout. It's all the burnout. It's more than burnout, in my opinion. Um, it's it's a lot of different things. I think that because most companies are not taking a holistic approach to how to manage employee um, well being and development, um, they're experiencing this energy crisis where you're seeing declines in performance. You're seeing these um, these trends like quiet quitting. Um, and so it's been, I think most companies are experiencing it um, and they're just not sure exactly how to deal with it or how to solve it because it's so it's so um, multifaceted that there's not just like one solution to fix it.
0: Yeah, and I, I think that makes it a little bit intimidating for folks uh, when there's more than one factor that you have to consider that goes into the equation. And unfortunately, that just means that Some companies will just continue with the status quo and hope that things get better when no, you have to be intentional and methodical about how you approach that crisis. Uh, What do you think, Summer?
2: Yes, I'm curious to get some thoughts on uh, like maybe what are some of the signs or what should uh, people leaders be looking out for in terms of, you know, just trying to get ahead of the energy crisis or like identifying early stages of what that might look like?
1: Yeah, I think the first thing that for me that I always, that comes to mind is like the disconnection. There's been like um, kind of crazy statistics out there about how lonely employees are. And um, it's because of like the new work trends, whether it's hybrid, remote, or even if you're in office. I think that that seeing that disconnection, like it's you can see it on video. You can see when people are unengaged. You can see when they're not feeling connected. You can see when they're lonely. There's, I think, you know, it when people are lonely, it just affects everything. When they're disconnected, it affects their performance, it affects their well being. So I think seeing signs of disconnection and disengagement is like one of the first things. And then I think seeing like stress and anxiety and burnout is one of the second things that I think about. Um, again, you can tell over video if people are burnt out, you can read body language. Just because you're not in person is not an excuse not to recognize those things. It's, if you spend time to actually talk with people in a meeting, that's not just about the meeting, but about like, how are you doing? What do you what do you do this weekend? How are you feeling? I think people just get into a meeting, they do the job and they leave. I think that there needs to be more of a conversation about how employees are doing, and how employees are feeling. If you feel like doing it in a meeting is not you know, scalable because you're a large company or a medium-sized company, there's ways to do employee surveys more than once a year. Um, there's ways to like check the pulse more than once a year. I think companies have kind of uh, put into place pretty stopgap solutions like let's do more happy hours let's do more yoga classes but i think there needs to be like a new ethos from the ground up on how to create like renewable energy from your talent pool like how do you empower others with providing them well-being flexibility development how do you give them that like holistic approach um there was a gallup poll that came out that like seven out of ten people are experiencing mental health issues well I think that mental health is, they're just grouping it into one thing. I think it's more than that. I think that mental health means something really different to different people and how they experience it and why they experience it. Like well-being is very broad. There's lots of elements to it. And I think that there has to be uh, a better approach to making people feel like inspired and engaged. Um, And don't put culture and wellness at the forefront. You're going to see like, you know, you're going to see a decline in performance, like people want to bring their whole selves to work and their whole selves means like their personal life, their professional life. So I think recognizing signs of that disengagement, disconnection, the burnout and anxiety, like those are the first signs, but it takes effort to recognize and they might not just surface. Um, you really have to look for them.
0: I love what you said. And it made me think about, and I, I pulled up um, the UN's sustainable development goals and um someone had brought this to my attention maybe last year or or sometime, but I was I was so surprised that uh great jobs well it's number eight is a sustainability goal is good jobs and economic growth. But underneath that you have the umbrella of well being at work. And so I had never prior to that equated sustainability to the workplace and more specifically employee mental health. But it's a, it's a goal that's on top of uh, the UN's radar. Uh, we had just seen in the Wall Street Journal's exclusive about um, the U.S. Surgeon General saying that toxic jobs is now a focus for, for um, a, a well-being. Uh, and, and even prior to that, um, thinking about, I don't know who it was, but someone said, if you're under the age of 65, you need to be screened for anxiety. It's like, well, duh, what's causing the anxiety? It's a crazy, it's a crazy workplace. So I couldn't, uh, see a better time to focus on the employee energy crisis and what we can do to manage that. Because to your point, quiet quitting, uh, or just low engagement or individuals leaving for opportunities of growth and development, like without the stimulation, without the protection of the mental health, you're going to have employees either, um, you know having a a less than optimal experience at your job and that means they're less than optimally productive uh or they're going to leave your company on and go on to greener pastures so i was
1: when when the when the u.s surgeon general came out with like his framework for workplace wellness we like cheered at our company because like he really emphasizes the connection between like the well-being of workers and the health of organizations I think prior to the pandemic like it was like this is your work life and your well-being like check it at the door like we're not responsible for that and I think finally there's like no there actually is a real connection between like people feeling well and happy and I I always laugh when people say happy I'm like it sounds so like childish but it's true like if people are happy at work they're going to perform better they're going to be happier in their personal lives like if happiness is actually like a really important thing because it affects your physical well-being your mental well-being um and your your productivity so i think that um like the us Surgeon in general coming out with this framework and resources and a foundation for companies to build off of is really sending a strong message um that this is like crucial to like the future health and sustainability of companies
0: absolutely absolutely so um You know, we, we, we dig in the trenches a bit and talk about this topic. Um, let's, let's, let's play the, the opposite side of this and say, you know, well, someone's watching or listening to the show and they're like, ah, happiness, who cares? Get in, do your job and then go home and, and pursue your happiness somewhere else. What are, uh, this is for both of you, uh. What are some of the implications of, of getting this wrong or, or not paying attention to it? What, how might that play out at work?
1: I mean, I, I think that uh, that's like the easy way out to say, you know, it, this is a job. If people aren't happy, just leave. Right. Like that was kind of the way in the past. I think the implications are when someone's, let's say, unhappy at work or um, unwell at work, it actually spreads to the rest of the workforce. I think there's been a lot of focus on self care, but there needs to be a greater focus on team care because if your team is not doing well, then you're just all not going to perform well. So I think the implications are that it actually spreads to the rest of your organi- organization. It can have a huge effect on culture. I know culture is a word that's overplayed a lot, but culture is like is crucial to people staying at your company for the long end. Like think about how much how much it costs to replace an employee. If you have employees that are actually staying there for like. significant amount of time they're adding real value they're helping you innovate they're helping you strategize so i think that the implications are a cost on trying to get new talent in the door trying to like uh, attract people um that want to join a company that's not focused on that so i think that there's there's a lot of costs involved like monetarily and then there's costs to your culture and the rest of your employees who you know, people, if you're, if someone leading a meeting is in a bad mood, it kind of spills to everyone. Like you get, you kind of get grumpy, right? If your partner's in a bad mood, if your child's in a bad mood, you're going to be grumpy too. And you're going to be in a bad mood. So I think that it like it spreads, right? It's not, it's, it's like contagious. So I think that implications are that even if you don't, you don't focus on these things that might seem soft, um, they'll actually affect the, the hard, hard aspects of a
0: company. I hope to live to see the day when we stop calling HR a cost center and we realize that it actually does drive performance when you do it the right way. That's all I'll say. Summer, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I was just going to add to it. I think that much of of what I would have said has already been shared, but when I think about the conversations that we are having internally with businesses and leaders about um, the impact of their behaviors uh similar to what you described, Joey, like really not looking at the whole person, and you know we we often ask them to take a step back and to not just make decisions based on the business but to balance their decisions between their people and the business, and sometimes that's difficult because you know historically the decisions may have been. Just about the business not worrying about their people but now they're in a position to where it's like hey jumpstart help us like we're really having trouble keeping our team members we have no institutional knowledge please help us um we have very you know very hard time recruiting new team members and it's like okay well let's take a step back and look at the root cause and if the root cause is that well they are not your priority uh, if you want to run a business, um, even just a couple years from now, that's successful, um, this is like number one top of list needs to be resolved. It's interesting when we when we
1: interview people I to to bring on to our team. I always like I'm always a I'm always looking for them to ask about like the culture of the company and like what we're doing well and what we're not doing well. I think when people are just too focused on the job, it makes me wonder if they're the right fit because. As you join companies, you should be asking, like, how would you describe your culture? Like, what do you think you're doing well in terms of the employee experience? What are you not doing well? When people are asking those questions, it first of all makes you reflect on, like, what are the real answers to that? And then also, this person cares about these things, and they're only going to add to it and help me build a better better environment for people, build a place that people actually want to come to work. Uh, So I think that we're we're even seeing in the interview process that people are really, like, caring about... Their, their career trajectory and where they land, not just from a professional development standpoint, but from like a, a fit and a well-being standpoint. Because like, I think the Microsoft, I'm, I'm a big fan of like their Viva platform and all that. I think their, their work trend index came out saying like the top reason employees are quitting and were quit in 2021 was because of well-being issues. So I think that, um, like you said, it has to be, as we think about solutions, that has to be balanced and think of the whole person while also thinking of the business itself.
0: Well, I think that this has been a uh, riveting conversation and we could go on for hours, but uh, for the sake of our uh, time, we'll have to cut it here. Uh, Kayla, it's been such a pleasure chatting with you. We have to get you on for another show. Can't wait to celebrate uh, the launch with you in person. Uh, as always, thanks for tuning in to this episode. If you loved it, go ahead and leave a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. If you're consuming it there, uh, go ahead and subscribe to our YouTube channel where we drop these updates and uh, YouTube shorts that have practical takeaways. And yeah, we'll see you next week.
2: Thanks, everyone.
0: For more HR strategies that will take your company to the next level, visit whilewewereworking.com.